At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived. So if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Hey, welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We've got Mariah Lyons back on. Love her. She's one of the founding teachers at Den Meditation. She is an incredible crystal healer. Actually, if you go to denanywhere.com, she has our Crystal 101 workshop on there, which is such an incredible workshop we recorded specifically for Den Anywhere that is beautiful and really just gives you the basics of crystals. We dig into her book here. She wrote an amazing book, Crystal Healing for Women. We also talk a lot about what's happening in the wellness community and making sure you're centering yourself in whatever spiritual journey you're on and making sure it's about you and your own sovereignty and not getting lost in anything else because that is when you can actually turn away from it and then lose the benefits of everything. It's actually a really interesting conversation, like always, such an amazing honor and pleasure to be with her. I hope you enjoy it. And also just a quick update that we do have a workshop with her coming up around the corner and it's in, we call it the Intermediate Advanced Crystal Course. It's November 21st. Take it, no matter what. It is about working with grids and working with crystals on your body. So many things that like once you kind of fall in love with crystals and start to know more about them, you're like, well, how do I really, really use them? Like, how can I create that grid to help bring in X, Y, and Z? How can I create that grid to help protect me? How can I actually work with crystals to clear this energy that I need or to bring in blank on my body? So that's what this is about. If you want to take that and want to know more, just jump on to Den Anywhere and take the Crystals 101 whenever you want before that time, and it'll really help you kind of get the most out of the entire experience. But sign up on Den Anywhere for our workshop on November 21st. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let us know. Like always, go to our Facebook podcast group. It's our private group on Dentalks Podcast. I've got Mariah here who I love and we're going to jump right in because what we've been Ooh, let me push record. Oh, hold on. Oh, it's recording. Um, what we like, let's record this, shall we? <laughs> Just talking about was the idea of so many people changing and moving during this time and the people who aren't, who are mentally making a lot of, not that you have to move. It's more if you're getting that idea to move and then you don't do it. If you're not getting the idea, then moving's pointless also. But if you're getting this idea or this thing of change or something you're supposed to be doing differently when you're fighting it with all the mental, you know, analytical reasons why it doesn't work. Why? And so you were saying, talk about what you were just saying, which I loved, which is why I'm like, oh, we should actually just start it here. Well, it's in terms of like moving with the energy of like the image that I get right now is like moving with the river flow, right? Like if the river's flowing a specific way, like why try and corral it into one specific direction or why go against the current? If like the current right now is 
a lot of transformation and change. And there's so much uh, fertile potential for creating really whatever you want to create right now, because it's kind of all anything goes like, why not move in that direction and allow that current to help support you versus trying to fit it into an old box or an old space that, that maybe takes way more energy to try and fight against than it does just to like, let it flow. And it's true. And it's so many people are terrified of that energy. I get it. It's like, we trust more the analytics. We trust more the pros and cons list. We trust more the things we can kind of write down and explain, but it's so interesting because I always, I do find like you, you and I were talking about it earlier, like when I kind of decide to go with a random feeling, things happen very quickly. And usually that's because, oh, you hit the current, like you jumped into the current and then you let it take you and the current's fast and it gets you to where you need to go. And I find all the time whenever I'm in, you know, a place of where am I going? What are we doing? I, I, I do. I just have to sit back and be like, okay, I trust you. Like, I just say it. I'm like, I trust you. I trust you. And I say it out loud a few times or in my head. And it always just reminds me it, everything will be delivered, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't always feel that way. And I, I'm sure like when you say it out loud, do you find yourself, like, do you find your nervous system calming down? Do you find yourself like sinking into that space of allowance? I think so. I do. Um, because I do really trust. I mean, I think that's really helped me in my lifetime, make some crazy decisions. I think, you know, taking jobs that make no sense or leaving jobs that don't make sense, like to anybody. And I think it's always helped me because I've never felt alone. Like even in the lowest times, I've just never felt alone. And so I think I do trust. I've always trusted. So saying it out loud just reaffirms like, Hey, come on, you know, you know, this is going to be okay. It just might be really wonky for a little bit or might not have any steady ground for a little bit, but it's going to make sense. And sometimes like all even, and I found myself doing that this year of like reaffirming times where I've trusted and it turned out better than I could have ever even fathomed. And it's like almost that recognition in the mind, like to turn the analytical side into no, actually see these certain points in time when you did trust, it worked out to the benefit, right? Where it's like, yeah, I I find that that helps to reaffirm of just like sink into it. It's true. And it's interesting because I feel like there's an interesting conversation to be had too around um, you know, there's kind of like, not this movement, but the, oh yeah, maybe a movement that's starting to happen. I feel like in the wellness community as like an antithesis to the other thing happening in the wellness community, there's one kind of this cultishness happening of following, you know, whether it's Q or just kind of, you know, things coming up out about Kundalini, just in general, I feel like this idea of people being like, whoa, the whole, you know, light and love of it all, does this work? Like, so some people are going, totally the opposite way of this is bullshit. And then it's becoming, you have to think with your critical mind, which makes me laugh when I'm seeing all these people being like, there's this like new movement of like critical thinking. But what makes me laugh about it, and it's part of the reason I opened the den, I'm like, wait, like nowhere in spirituality does it tell you not to have any critical thinking. Like you can still be a thinker. And that's the trick. It's the balance of knowing when to trust and then when to let the mind come in and kind of do some of the work too. So it's like on the flip side, I think people used to say, well, I don't get why nothing's happened for me. Like I'm waiting for the universe to make things happen to me, but they're staying on their couch all day, like doing shit to make anything happen. And then they feel like, but if the universe takes care of everything, it's gonna take, it's, there is a mix. And I don't think it's ever been without one. I think if you think it's without one or have gone without one, you lose sight of yourself a little bit, but it's really interesting of that, like, 
when do you follow the critical mind? When do you allow the mind to come in? What's the partnership? And partnership is such a beautiful, perfect word for it because it is that relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's the yin and yang, right? Like it is that space of partnership and co-creation. And like you said, if you're just sitting on your couch, like expecting things to happen, like you're not putting, you're just being in the receptive space and you're not doing any action. And so it's like, there has to be, that balance. And if you're just, if you're not using your critical thinking or your mind or your discernment at all, then you're just, you're, again, you're not using these faculties that we have to our benefit if used in balance and harmony with everything else. And it's a shame because I don't, I don't want people to walk away from a spiritual practice per se, it doesn't necessarily have to say spirituality because I think everyone's spiritual no matter what you're practicing or doing, but a spiritual practice, which I think is so beneficial to everyone. I don't want people to walk away because they feel like it's now sugarcoating a lot of reality. When I feel like if you can start what I at least preach, and I know you preach too, and I hate the word preach, but you know what I mean, is, um, is the idea of learning your own strength and knowing what it is that you need and you want, not about your teacher or about even the lineage that you're practicing in that moment. So it's, I don't want people to turn away because they feel like you have to have one or the other. Yeah. You can be well, and that's where that like deeper teaching lies, right? Like where it's like, how are you applying these teachings to every single situation? And yeah. Yeah. And and really being in the world, not of the world. Like, how are we blending these? How are we? Because then you're just living in one specific, like one specific way. And there's so many different, there's so many different lenses that we can view everything through. And I, I think it's really like integrating it all. And again, having that discernment of sovereignty in your own self and your own truth and what works for you in that moment. And so much like what you've been talking about of like, you know, all of the stuff that's happened this year in the wellness space, it's helping people to listen to their inner truth, to their guidance, to their using their discernment, like using their own judgment. And like, we have those faculties for a reason because So you don't just blindly follow something and give away your power and give away all of your, you know, all of your energy to something. And then all of a sudden years later, you're like, wait, what just happened? Right. It's like, how can we, and that becomes a practice from, from my experience of like, how can we integrate that into our own unique being? Yeah. Different for everyone. No, I mean, and that's why I always say like, it's why the den came into being. It was always whenever I, in my past, went down any road uh, of practice, I always felt this feeling of pressure of having to be a certain way or join it a certain way. And I always felt like that was ridiculous. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Like meditation is really inside everyone already. And it's for everyone to just access and ignite. And so it's, and there's many different avenues to it and lineages and ways. And I just feel like anything too formulaic totally, I don't know, stumps people. Some people need that rigidity. And if it works for you, you should absolutely do it. But I think then some people get lost in it and they end up kind of cycling through the same, it's in a more positive way sometimes, but they end up with the same problems that they entered with because they're still not finding themselves. They've just replaced it with something else. Exactly. 
And they're almost like taking someone else's experience as their own versus having their own exploration and experience themselves. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love I can talk about this for a long time. Same, same, because it's also, you know, and I think, and that's, that's to me, the part of like having a practice is being able to move with the times and move with what works for you at that particular time. And that's going to shift and change and following what lights you up and that's going to shift and change as well. And I think we're seeing that now more so than ever, where it's like, you know, kind of circling back to what we talked about in the beginning of just being present with the energy and moving with that and allowing yourself to evolve and shift and change. And that might even include our quote unquote spiritual practices. And like, and that to me is like understanding the self better and deeper of what do I need in this moment? What am I seeking? What do I need? How do I anchor? How do I, you know, it's rather than just following what you've always done and what maybe worked then it's like, how can we even within that practice continue to shift and evolve? I totally agree. I think it's, it's so important because I'm watching people kind of turn away from spirituality as a whole, not even just one practice or one lineage. Um, And then, and then cutting it off in some ways as an access for others, which to me doesn't make sense either. It's like, just because you got lost in it does not mean everyone's going to get lost in it. It's kind of like that warning of like, oh God, like shaky bridge. I did not do well on it. Like I didn't walk this way. I walked that way and I fell off. So like nobody can go in. It's kind of like, it's, you know, there's no rules. And I think that's the problem. And I think when people were following specific rules and then the, you know, that got pulled out from under them, it just feels like it doesn't exist at all. But I think if you can kind of go in with more of the spacesuit and the exploration of it, it, you have more chance of like going deeper into yourself and actually finding what it means for you. Well, and I think that's what's so hard with this year, right? Is like all of those quote unquote rules with society, with our structures are all shifting as well. So it's like when we don't have these rules that are set in place, then how are we flowing with that? And I love the like analogy of a spacesuit and just exploring what's present because it's, yeah, that's where you're like, okay, that to me is where growth and transformation happens when you're able to shift and move and explore and play. And um, rather than having that rigid, it used to look like this. It should look like this. It's not looking like this. Now what? You know? Yeah. So in a time like this, when everything's so uncertain, let's say election happening, and this is going to come out right, oh my God, on election day, I think. So what <laughs> what crystals should people have in their hand to get them through whatever? This year has been very much, so many people, you know, Smoky Quartz has been coming up a lot this year. And again, Smoky Quartz keeps you very grounded. It also is a really great, uh, transformer of energy. So it helps to really alchemize, uh, negatively polarized. And I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying on a, like, you know, on a spectrum, the denser, uh, frequencies, it helps to just transmute that. Um, also lipidolite, lipidolite, they call it like the Xanax of the mineral kingdom. So it's very high lithium content. Um, and it helps to, really rebalance the nervous system, calm the body, calm the mind. Um, 
I use it a lot. Like if I've been on my computer all day long, my phone all day long, and I'm like having that or like, you know, uh, third eye fatigue somewhat. So like, I'll just place it on my forehead. Like that's been a really great one. Um, and again, depending, you know, if you're going, if you're going to vote and you're in the poll, you know, you're, you're in a space with a lot of intensity, maybe something that's going to ground your body, like a lipidolite or a smoky quartz. And then something that's also going to help protect your energy field. Like if it's an amethyst, if it's uh, black tourmaline, like really these things that keep us, I think, you know, so much of what I've been really tuning into again, like we talked about is that sinking into the space of sovereignty within and like our own power and our own energy fields. And then whatever's going around us can still happen around us and we can watch it. We can become observers of it. We're still going to feel it, but it might not like take us out of our power and out of our energy field. So we're not getting sucked. We're not getting pulled in all of these different directions. We're able to watch it, even to participate in it, to, you know, to feel it because we're going to feel it. We're sentient beings, but it's not, you know, it's not draining energy. It's not pulling it. It's not, we're not getting like caught up in the swirliness of it right? in our own space and in our own power. It's so important because I'm getting two people like, are you dying? Are you so stressed out? Are you sleeping? Cause of the election. And I'm like, well, I mean, obviously like you said, I'm part of it. I am active in it. I have opinions about it. Mm-hmm. I will have feelings about it, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, there's nothing I can do. Like I'm doing what I can do yep. and I can't force an outcome. Yep. And I can't also, if an outcome, well, here's my point is I, I, I think some people also feel like if Biden wins, it's going to be this miracle change and that's not going to happen either. So like, I think people need to brace themselves. It's still going to be a rough year, no matter who's at the helm for probably different reasons, but I still think it's going to be a rough year. Um, and so from not that, so I, I, I'm kind of in that, like, well, there's really nothing you can do. Like you, you can't let it, like you said, you can't let it, you can't get into the, what'd you say? The swirly of it. I like swirly of it. Well, it's, and it's also like, like you said, it's like, you know, we're having this energy. So that, what are you going to do with that? So if you're feeling a kind of way, are you putting it towards action? Are you releasing it? Are you alchemizing it in some way? Are you transmuting it in some way? Or is it festering, right? Is it sitting in your body? Is it festering? Is it, uh, and that again, when people are reaching out, like, are you, are you dying? Are you, are you not sleeping? Or how are you feeling? Like that energy to me is being, is being swirled within the body is festering within the body. So we all are feeling this energy. So when you feel it, are you allowing yourself to feel it and move it? Are you putting it towards action? Are you going and releasing that energy? Are you cleansing it? Are you grounding it into the earth? Like, where is that energy going? And if it's not anchoring or going somewhere, it's not going to feel good. Like it's really, it's really not. And, and again, it's, you know, when we look at it in terms of simply energy, not good or bad, simply vibration, simply frequency, simply energy, then, then, then we're like, okay, okay. I'm feeling this now. What am I going to do with it? It's, I know if it's true. I mean, I, I teach that all the time about just everything is just energy. And so when you can look at your life that way, it does really change everything mm-hmm. because it just, a it makes you realize how much control you have of your, your own sovereignty. Yes. Um, you can't always control the situations, but yes. you can control your energy within yourself. 
which I think is so key right now because so much of the anxiety and so much of the stress is this idea again that, that we can't control the outcome. We don't have you know control over the situation, what's going on, and that is a challenging place to be, right? Because the psyche does not like that. Like that does not feel good to feel like we don't have control over something. So it's that when we do take our power back of, okay, I do have control over my own energy and my own energy field and what I allow to affect me, that is a more empowering thought and choice versus getting swirled around and kicked around by everything. I, I mean, honestly, I love your book could not have better timing because so bizarre when they first told me that they were publishing it now, I was like, are you sure? Like, it sounds like a really wild time right before the election. And then it was really so divinely aligned because it just, it feels like, you know, hopefully it's able to bring some support and, um, and self healing practices to people in this time. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's first of all, everyone has to go out and get this right now. Crystal healing for women. I have so many questions about the book, but it's beautiful. And it's, it's so informative in an easily digestible way. Thank you know, which is so nice because there's so much information. And then of course you have a beautiful reference guide, which I love of like all the, like every crystal you could possibly think of. Look, I've, oh, it's funny. I just opened up to Herkimer and I've got, I'm like holding my Herkimer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. That's a big Herkimer. That's a beautiful one. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. This, this became, it's like we recently not as much, but this was my uh, pandemic. Like she, like we found each other during that. Like Her became- has been coming in a lot this year. Like that's a really, really powerful stone for right now. Same with Lemurian seeds, like those particular, um, but Herkimer a lot this year. So it's, that's, an, I love that you've been working with it throughout. Yeah, it's funny. And for a while, um, this one was sleeping under my pillow, which I know normally would not be suggested. Were you having, how was it? Like, how do you feel when you work with that? So it was interesting. Part of the reason I liked, I was sleeping with it under my pillow. And when I was doing the uh, three months of like fist of anger every morning with everyone, I would literally at night, like just go to sleep and tell it, I'd be like, okay, bring me what I need to teach tomorrow. Cause I always taught before, like I would talk for like 20 minutes and I kid you not, like I'd wake up literally having a very clear sense of exactly. And then sometimes, or even if I didn't, like if I didn't, I would take this and I would just be like holding it and talking and like a whole weird lesson would like, yeah. And I give this, I just totally think it was this little. That's awesome. amazing. It's not so little. It's a pretty good chunk. Like you said. That's but. an amazing chunk. No, that's an amazing chunk. Right? I love that. Yeah. So it's, um. But it's funny that I just opened up to it. But your book, what's also not, yes, you have the references and you have explanations and all the things anyone's going to want to know about crystals, but the rituals, like I love all the rituals that are in here. Yeah, I wanted to keep them very um, practical and grounded and also more um, experiential in terms of, you know, there are a lot of mantras, there's a lot of meditations, a lot of visualizations, and that you wouldn't need a ton of crystals to have them. Like I really wanted this accessible for people so they could participate in a lot of the meditations and rituals without having, you know, tons of crystals. Right. But, and it's so beautiful because I even feel like you could do a lot of these, even if you didn't have the crystals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And And that's a lot of what I teach too. in like my classes where it's like, we can tune, you know, yes, it's amazing to have 
the actual stones with us, but they're holding a vibration. They're holding a frequency and we can tune into that frequency of that stone, even if we don't have it. Right. So it's like, if you're doing these rituals, you're doing these meditations, like I led a meditation the other day. And one of the rituals in there is an alignment, like it's an energy alignment. And throughout it, I just asked the people to visualize these specific crystals in specific places. And everyone after was like, you know, I've never done that before, not having the actual stones. And that was so powerful. And, you know, again, we're learning that we don't have to have all of these actually, we're beyond the physical, right? And we can call in these frequencies of these stones even um, to to help us. So, yeah. Was 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 the pause? <laughs> I'm like I'm like just explaining. I'm wearing a very hot onesie and I unzipped a little <laughs> too far from Mariah. She was. Talking. I was actually. Is it fleece? It's like the fuzziest, warmest. It's amazing. So when it started snowing today, I came and I'm like, I need to get that onesie. And my daughter has one, and she and I both like have them. Well, she's asleep now, but um, yes. And it was great until weirdly this moment. I've been getting hot probably because we're talking about crystals, but <laughs> but. They do because it's like that vibration. Yeah. No, but I think it's true. And what I also love about this time too is I feel like there's something about ritual right now, which is really nice mm-hmm. that sometimes sitting down and just like, you know, quote unquote meditating can feel very overwhelming for a lot of people. But I do feel like the idea of kind of going through a ritual for yourself and what, and like you said, you you do everything in here, whether it's about physical pain or an emotional pain or emotional release or for love. I, I mean, there, there's so many you really, anything that you might be going through, there is a ritual for it in here, which no, but that, but that's what I love about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think like you said, it's like, it's honoring what we're going through, right. And it's taking a moment, it's anchoring in a specific time of, okay, maybe someone's going through heartbreak or maybe someone's having, you know, they're, they're looking to conceive or whatever it is. And, it, and you're allowing yourself to anchor into that time, into that space of I'm opening up a container to honor what I'm going through and to also, help facilitate my own journey in this specific time, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And have you felt like during this time, crystals have kind of been called upon more like to work harder? And I mean, you know what I mean? Not necessarily harder. No, I mean, I definitely think that there's no coincidence that they are calling more people in this time and that people are being drawn to them more because they are holding, they are holding a very specific vibration. And I think they're also helping people to attune to those specific vibrations within themselves, within themselves. So it's, it's, you know, it's helping people in this time to, you know, like Paul Selig says, like rise to the upper room or, or like really like, like, like rise to that space within that we all have the, the capacity to do. And yes, I mean, there's on a frequency level, like they're definitely anchoring a very particular frequency right now. While, you know, globally, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of scarcity mindset, you know, so they're, they're having to anchor in particular frequencies to also balance out the frequencies on the planet. Um, and they're helping us right now to tune into what it is that we want to create moving forward. Like what is this new space that we all want to create and what does that look like? And, and how can we access, you know, if we're not sitting down to meditate, 
you know, or really tune in, how can we adjust our own frequency level and our own sense of self within to create this new? And like, what does that look like? Um, so I do think that there, you know, I do think that the minerals and the plants right now are having, um, you know, we're deeply involved with them and, and it's, we're needing to be, because again, we're needing to come back to the elements of the earth. We're needing to remember our interconnection with the earth moving forward because we have to, because it's just, um, we don't have to, but it would, it would benefit all of us if we did. I actually, I actually agree with you. I think we do have to, I mean, do you, does one have to do that? No, but do we as a civilization have to do it for us to actually continue living here? Yes, I do think we do. And I do think it's making itself known. And it's weird, like even, you know, we were talking about, I'm like, I have this weird craving to have lots of land, not lot, you know, in a different way, not in a like, oh, I want lots of land, but in like craving trees and earth and nature and get to know it in a very different way. And I think a lot of people are going through that. And it's interesting when you see one of the, you know, results of a pandemic and results of people kind of being stuck inside is this desire when people have to get quiet, their desire is to move out, you know? And yes, yeah, some people might say, well, no, practically speaking, it's for space because they're stuck. So they want more space where they are. And it's like, sure, but it's also you're quiet. So what is your body needing? Because frankly, like you can be in New York and if you're not stuck in your apartment, which for a long time you haven't been, you have that whole city almost to yourself. It's way quieter than it was, but that's not what people's bodies are craving. They're craving the fresh air. They're craving uh, the trees. They're craving the water. Everyone's different, but there's a there's a deep craving that's happening. And I don't think it's only a result of being, if you're stuck in your house, wanting more space, even though it makes sense. I do think it's deeper than that. And I think we're all being kind of taught how to respect it in a different way. Absolutely. And how important it is for our own like rhythms. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting. I mean, like this, I don't know why this is coming in right now, but we'll just go with it. It's very, it is very Lemurian because if we think of like the civilization of Lemuria was very intertwined with nature and they were very, um, they were very aware of how plants and minerals also supported our energetic bodies, our emotional bodies, and that thus in turn our physical bodies. And there was a deep interconnection. I mean, there's there, you know, all indigenous cultures on this planet have have understood that deep connection with nature and, and how important that is for not only, you know, really for our own existence and for our own uh, evolution. And we've gotten so far from that. And it's like, we've really, we've really gotten so far from that. And now it's like, okay, are we able to come back to that space? And can we live where we are now with all of the technology, you know, technological advancements that are coming and that we've integrated into our life as well as remember our connection with the earth? Can we move forward from that space? Um, because you know we had really gone past the point of no return or no return like it, it, it's we we don't have another option and and i 
and the elements of the earth are, are so key in that. So if, if you are called to work with the minerals, if you are called to work with the plants, if you are called to work with the animals, like all of it, you know, so many of us are called in different ways to work with different uh, elements, but it's, it's very important right now that we're, that we're remembering that. It's so interesting. I, two things off of what you said that I agree with. It's also, you know, you're talking about because technology has really pulled us so far from our relationship with the earth, which I agree, but I feel like where it's throwing us a bone or extending an arm is this idea of what it's hopefully giving us now is this ability to communicate and continue functioning in the way we're used to from a distance. Absolutely. And instead of just emotional distance, which is what it did before, you could be right living next door to someone and only have this relationship through technology. Now it's allowing people to actually go back to land, like we were saying, go to where it's going to be good for your soul. Don't be forcing yourself. Don't be forcing yourself. Don't force yourself to be somewhere um, because you feel like that's where you have to be to accomplish X, Y, or Z. Hopefully what this whole time has given people is this freedom of, oh, I can probably still accomplish X, Y, and Z, but do it this way. I don't doesn't have to look that way anymore. And that's where I think technology hopefully is working with us in all of this and now realizes you, they can't be fighting against each other. And what to bring it back to your book though, is, you know, it's crystal healing for women. And, you know, you're very clear in the beginning of the book, it's to the feminine. It's not just, you know, woman, it's like we, you're every single one of us has masculine and feminine, no matter who, how you identify now you you're masculine and feminine. And so it's about, bringing back the balance, which is what's happening right now in general. It's the earth is trying to find the balance. We're trying to find the balance as a society globally, which is why it is so much more aptly timed um, and fascinating. But talk a little bit about that and the balance and the feminine and masculine in conjunction of what's happening now, because it does feel a little bit what's been happening. As you said, all these, the indigenous people um, until we kind of came through and like wiped people out, everyone of, of very different lineages, but all were very in tune with the earth and very respectful of a symbiotic relationship that helped everyone evolve and grow and, and be very different. And then it changed and we've evolved from that point, which has been from way more masculine identifier. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, and I think, I, I, and I, I will also say like more of the wounded masculine identifier, right? So more of the, um, because the mat, like, I will say from the wounded masculine and, and more from a space of really cutting out the feminine and cutting out that connection and really from a space of power and control and manipulation and, um, and disconnection truthfully to that space of, of the mother of earth, of, um, of community. And it became, you know, we're moving now, the pendulum is swinging. And I, and I think, you know, really, I full, uh, hopefully we're moving to a space of full integration of both masculine and feminine. Like it can't also swing the other way where it's just a complete matriarchal society as well. Like I, uh, hopefully we're moving to a space of really integrated divine masculine, divine feminine. And I'm saying that in the space of like the, the higher uh, vibration of these uh, energies, right? 
And the feminine is our receptive side. It is our space of receiving, our space of yin, our space of going within. It is our space of uh, community as well, our space of connection with the earth of, of, you know, the earth is seen as a feminine energy. And so when we are disconnected from that on a very fundamental level, we're disconnected from our own feminine, we're disconnected from our own uh, mother. And there has been so many, um, you know, specific instances throughout the last, you know, couple thousand years where we have that patriarchal society that just completely took out the mother lineage, really. And, and now we're kind of returning to, okay, how do we integrate this back in knowing what we know now from that masculine side and hopefully having that divine masculine that integrated because that masculine energy is, you know, security, it's stable, it's um, action, it is moving forward, it is expansion. And how do we really integrate these two together? So we are, like we said in the beginning, in this relationship with the masculine and feminine, because they're both needed for balance and for a healthy well-being of self and world. I know it's it's a little scary and sad because it feels like what's happening now and might be happening for the next like 10 plus years is as we've been talking about, this is no new news, but like a dismantling of, you know, society and structure, but it feels like what's falling apart specifically city, whatever it is, not all cities, but certain cities and certain systems are all things. And the U S is having a really tough time that were completely grown and formed on that wounded masculine. If that makes sense. So like the foundation of the whole system itself is based on that wounded masculine, like you're talking about. And those are the ones like, and you can see even in the States, like you can tell there's certain places that were even created more from that space, not necessarily created um, from the right intentions or the right, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's weird. It's like when you can, and I think it's going to be, there's going to be more clarity around that in five plus years, I think you'll start to really be able to see like what's really fallen down, what's really changed and to be able to go back and trace its steps of what the, you know, the beginning really was. I think it's going to be interesting because I think there is really what you're saying is right on point. And I think the U.S. in general and other places too in the world, but let's talk about us, was definitely really created on that wounded masculine. Um, and it's got to be recreated from a more integrated place or it's not going to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's not just not going to survive from this analytical point of view. Like that's what people need to know. This is where it gets woo woo. It's like, there's an energetic thing happening here and it won't fit in that energy field anymore if it doesn't shift. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I think. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, and that can happen in so many different ways. And like, it's a, it doesn't have to be, you know, destructive, so to speak, but it, it does have to shift. Agreed. See, this is what happens when we do podcasts late at night. You get me all woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
guys, quick interruption to just remind you, we have so many certifications on denanywhere.com. There's always virtual live ones that are coming up that we have up there, but also ones that we've recorded specifically and created beautifully for an online education. So if you want to do it on your own, the lessons are there, the one-on-one conversations are there, it's all there. But most importantly, our teacher training virtual is coming up starting in January. So if you're interested in either becoming a teacher or more importantly, just want to go deeper in your practice and understand more about meditation from all angles, all lineages, and really how to integrate it into your life and how to create your own voice and find your own voice in this world of so much information, this is the course for you. Again, it starts in January. It's 400 hours. It is incredible. Go to denanywhere.com for more information and to apply. I do um, love that that's the angle that, because look, as you said, like crystals have kind of blown up. There's, I found this to be a very interesting angle in a great way for a book because of that, because I do think it's so important with what's going on. I do think the masculine and feminine is huge. It's it's way bigger than people realize and way more prevalent in healing and change right now. I feel like that's kind of everyone is really balancing their masculine and feminine. It's like, if you ask me like what I've been working on the most, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, like really honoring my feminine and getting there. And I know I'm not alone. Like, I feel like that's very um, in vogue right now. Well, and I feel like, again, I, I feel like my pendulum had to swing a bit. Like to me, it felt, you know, I think they're like, again, just really coming back to integrating that masculine and feminine where it's not just swinging then just to feminine, the feminine. And I think for a while I was really in that space and that space feels so delicious and nourishing and yummy to me. And I love it. But then it's also like, okay, then I also need to bring in some structure and I need to bring in some, some action. And I need, not that, not that the feminine is not action oriented. It just, it's expressed in a different way, but, you know, really integrating both sides. So it's, so we can hold both because we can't hold both. And, and right now we, we need to hold both. Um, and yeah, and, and I and I really wanted to speak to that because, you know, because it is titled Crystal Healing for Women, but it also is feels inclusive and it feels like that it is something that all people can can really tune into and activate regardless of, of how they identify and regardless of what that may look like. And um, that it is an aspect of all of us that we are tuning into and healing and accessing and, and exploring within our own self. And it's constantly you know, it's constantly shifting and changing. It's like when you do alternate nostril breathing and one nostril is more plugged than the other. And it's always like, okay, well, where am I operating from in this moment and what needs to balance? And how do I, you know, how do I support, how do I support the feminine right now? How do I support the masculine? And again, it's just really coming back to that conversation with self of where am I operating from? What do I need to come into balance, into harmony? And how can I, you know, really nourish and support both sides? So has there been, because they're energetic beings, have you had any like reacquaintances? Have you been, you know, in the weird woo-woo sense of the energy from the crystals, has it felt like a homecoming at all? Yes. And it's been actually like so wild to me that this book came out when I was back here, um, right now visiting family and, and here for a bit. And I under, and, and again, to get woo-woo with you. 
I'm having such of a deeper understanding of why I chose this place to come in and why I chose this place to, to, to spend my childhood in that the mountains are completely full of quartz. It's like, they're completely full of all of these really beautiful high vibrational minerals that, you know, there are so many deposits here where I was born that are so highly activated. And I understand even more so now of like, why I chose that. <laughs> and I appreciate it so much more, you know, um, because I, you know, I was, I just barely turned 18 and moved to New York. So like, see ya, you know, I'm going to a city and I just appreciate so much more now as well of like these, these spaces on the earth that anchor particular frequencies and, and how the minerals are part of that as well. So it's been super supportive and um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun excavating and just running around here and it's been fun. Have you been like visiting old favorite stomping grounds that used to be like for when a you bet, yes. And, and also like discovering more and doing some, and there's a couple like road trips that I want to do next week to some different spots. And yeah, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Now, did you ever, did you have any stones that you always left at home that were there waiting for you when you got back or? No, because we kind of like moved a bit. It's like some of my stuff. I mean, I'm still going through a bunch of my stuff. Um, now, but it really has been a really sweet, like coming full circle with everything and like integrating, you know, aspects of, you know, not like aspects of that little girl into now, you know, which I think is such a beautiful time as well with everything going on right now. It's like, how are we taking care of all aspects of my of self? And, um, you know, the little one inside me who loved rocks and loved being outside and loved exploring would be like super excited and super stoked that I wrote this book and that's still part of my life, you know? Kind of amazing, actually, if you look back and who would, you know, who would have thought? It's fun. It's so wild. Wild. So for anyone who's been listening to this, there's a couple of things. A, we have that Crystal 101 workshop that's always on Den Anywhere. That's amazing. So if you really are just like starting to play with crystals, want to learn more and want to know the basics, that is where you should go. Super easy right there. And it's Crystals 101. And she tells you how to clean them, how to charge them, what basic ones are, all the basics, right? Yeah. But I suggest go do it. Or for those who are already kind of know that stuff. We're doing an awesome virtual workshop, November 21st. So soon. So right before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. I'm like, what's Thanksgiving this year? Um, November 21st. And I suggest you guys sign up because that's going to be more advanced intermediate um, workshop. So if you really feel unfamiliar, take the 101 now so you can like get ready. But I'm so excited for this because you're going to teach more about like how to work with grids, how to work with them on your body, right? Yes. So it, we're really taking it into that next level. So people that have an understanding of working with minerals and working with crystals, then we're getting into like, this is when I get really excited. And it's, it's starting to almost like, um, you know, you learn the basics on the keyboard and now you're like actually like starting to like really play songs where it's, you're starting to combine these energies for specific intentional outcomes on the body as well as in grid. So you can start really playing and layering in these vibrations within the home. And it's so wild how powerful they are. Like when you start to really um, fine tune the energies and you start to place them also in specific uh, geometric shapes, how they uh, create this very powerful force field for creation, for healing and, and, um, 
yeah, quantum manifestation. Can you mess up a grid? Like, can you do, can you mess up a grid? I mean, yes and no. Like, I'm not going to say yes, you can mess it up, but there might be, yeah, like there are sometimes are stones that are, that have like disharmonious frequencies. It's almost like if you're playing musical notes or like you're singing completely off key, like there, there are stones that, that don't really go well together. So there will be a clash of energy, which would not uh, really benefit any specific outcome. And is there, is there like when you, is there a specific amount of time you should keep a grid up for? Or is there a specific amount of time you shouldn't keep a grid up for? And I really go, it's, it's, it's whatever you're specifically working with. Like if you're working with a specific, you know, there was something that I was really specifically working with and I was very intentionally working with that grid. And I sat down and, I, and it was right on my altar where I meditate every morning and I was feeding an energy and I was really exchanging with it. And that specific uh, creation that I was calling in happened pretty quickly. And I kept that grid up until like that uh, portal had closed, so to speak. So like until it came to completion, right? So it's like, I like, again, it's all intentional. So it's like, how are you working with it? Like you can't really, I don't really think it's that beneficial to just kind of like put it up and forget about it. Like, yes, it, it will help and it will anchor a particular frequency and, and, and it will anchor and continue to work. But again, like anything, like we were talking about in the beginning, you can't just sit on your couch and like, you know, just think that it's going to happen. Like you have to put the energy and the action into it. So it's like the more that you're exchanging with it energetically, intentionally putting action in towards what you are um, looking to create an experience, the, the quicker and um, the more expansive it will happen. How, um, so in, in, interesting. So sometimes people say like, you can build, let's say a, a, a grid under the bed, but mm -hmm. if you're not like working with it, is it sitting there? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're gridding, I don't love to grid the bed, to be honest, because sometimes people have a really hard time sleeping. Like it depends upon the, the person and the individual energy. So sometimes it can actually be too much energy for people and they don't sleep well. Sometimes it, it can create a really beautiful, um, amplified space for sleep. But again, you're going to want to like keep tuning into the stones, like they need to be cleansed. Are they, are they pointing in a specific direction that is beneficial to the body and to the work field? Are they like, how, how are they, you know, it's like talking to your plants. Like, like they respond better when you're actually working with them versus just like putting it there and kind of forgetting about it. All things we're going to learn in the workshop. Yeah. No, but I love that. Cause I do feel like, and I find it feels like grids can be super intimidating. I think for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and they don't have to be, you know, I, I think so much of it is intuitive, but again, it's like having, it's taking responsibility and having a part in it. So you're not just like, Oh, I'm setting this up and like forgetting about it and it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be pissed. Right. It's kind of like, okay, I'm also taking responsibility and working with it and understanding does it need to be tweaked? Does it need to move? Does it need to, does the stone need to be cleansed? Like it's really continuing to fine tune the energy. And, and I think any of, any of these tools are really fine tuning our own, um, you know, how we take in, absorb, um, and, and process information. Now talk about one thing you said in your book, which I think is interesting because there's 
so much like mixed information on it is that the moon is mm -hmm. only charging your crystals. It's not cleansing them. Because mm -hmm. I think what you hear a lot is if you put it on the moon, you get both the charges and cleanses. Yeah. Um, and no, I always teach that it charges and it charges with the lunar energy and it charges with that, which is a feminine energy. So it's a really beautiful, you know, when we charge our crystals with the moon, it does present that beautiful lunation, that, that deep, bright feminine energy. Um, but it's not necessarily when we cleanse crystals, um, we're essentially rebooting them and we're take, we're, 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 you know, I, I use this reference of like control alt delete, like we're, we're reprogramming them. So we're taking off the intention. Um, it, it in my being, in my teaching, in all of my, it doesn't, it, it's a, it's, we're charging with that full moon with that intention. And I always like to cleanse it before. So if you're doing, you know, if you're doing with sacred herbs, with, um, you know, with resins, with smoke, with water, with salt, with rice, how, how, with sound, however you're cleansing it before. And then if you want to set an intention with it or simply just placing it out with the full moon to, to charge it and to boost it. Um, but it's not going to cleanse and, and re and, and, and reboot. Interesting. Yeah. Controversial. <laughs> so controversial. Crystal controversy. I love it. Again, intention is everything. So if your intention, if you are setting the intention, you know, if you're setting it outside and you're like, my intention is that this full moon cleanses and reboots and recharges in a, in a sense, is it doing that? Yes. But when we're really working with these elements, the moon is a really beautiful amplification of energy and it really does charge it with a really beautiful feminine energy. So um, I just, you know, yeah. I'm going to do your four use, but with four quick, quick crystal questions. Okay. Um, if you have, what crystal are you sleeping with? Ah. One right now. I've been really working a lot with this Himalayan quartz this year, and that's been a really great one. How's that for sleeping? Um, I I have it next to my bed. It is. It's not one that I would recommend for sleeping. I was gonna say I feel like I've. <laughs> it's no, but it, it seems to again keep my space clear at night and it it has you know my sleep's been very interesting this year as is and i do find that i'm receiving a lot of information at that time and night and so it's it's been i've been working with it a lot this year but it's not a i would not recommend it to sleep with <laughs> do you do you wear a crystal do i wear a crystal that's a great question i mean yes and no i do on my shoes um with astara so that is you know, something that I always have. And then I'm kind of, I, I switch in and out. I usually, sometimes I'll, I'll, I love rose quartz. Like it's such a deep ally of mine. And I, yeah, so I have, I, yes and no. Yes and no. Ever pop one in your bra? I used to. And that was kind of, again, the like inspiration with Astara was also, you know, I've had so many, stones fall out or break, or I forget about them. And I put it in, you know, my pants in the washing machine, whatever. And it's like, 
I like that they're on the shoes and it's part of your field and it's in your space. Um, but yeah, I still, I still, every once in a while, we'll put them in my pocket or, or in my bra. What is one stone that you travel with no matter where you go? Mm, good question. Smoky quartz and selenite. I would actually probably say selenite over smoky quartz. Selenite I use all the time. Selenite I use to, you know, um, cleanse my jewelry a lot. Like if I have, if I do have stones that have any studs in them, if I have rings that have any like, you know, pave or anything on it, it's like, um, it's a really easy cleanse and charging mineral. So I'll just, um, place my jewelry on top of the selenite. It's also a really great energetic cleanser. So like selenite's kind of my go-to. Have you ever given away a crystal and regretted it? Not regretted it, but I've given them away and like felt the pain in my heart. <laughs> and it's happened a lot. Like, you know, and, and I think early on, that was such a great lesson for me of um, non-attachment and, and just simply being a vessel. Because if a crystal is in my, you know, I've been places where I'm like, I have, I remember very specifically, this is funny. I was at Sundance. I don't know why the story is coming through, but I was at Sundance. We were in some... I don't know, some suite. And there was this hairstylist that seemed to be having a hard time. And I was sitting across the table from her and this smoky quartz that was in my bag would like not stop talking. And it was just so loud. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I like pull it out of the bag. And I was like, I don't know why I, you know, we'd been chatting a little bit, but I was like, I don't know why, but I'm giving this guy, you know, I'm having this guidance to give this to you. This is smoky quartz. It, you know, helps with X, Y, and Z. And I just kind of talked about it and she just broke down in tears and she, it just meant so much to her. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this and this and this, and this is like so perfect for me. And it had been a stone that I had been working with for a while. And it was like, I had like, you know, an attachment to it. And it was just such another beautiful lesson of like, we're caretakers of them. They're not ours. We they're in our possession for however long they're meant to be. And then they pass on. These are gifts of the earth. They're not, you know, we become so attached to them, but they're really these beautiful vessels of, of energy that like, hopefully we can give to others. That's beautiful. It's not always easy, <laughs> especially when they're ones that like you really love and you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> But what crystal have you had the longest? Mm, that's a good question. Actually, I've had a carnelian the longest or a, la a labradorite. Probably, probably actually my labradorite. Yep. Probably had that the longest. Do you remember where you got it? Oh my gosh. No, I don't. I don't know where I've got it, which is actually crazy. That's interesting. I know. Now I'm like trying to remember where I got it. And if you remember, you got to let me know. Yeah. Will you, do you mind? I know we didn't talk about it before, but you're, will you do a personal practice for us? Like a five or 10 minute, beautiful, some type of meditation. Yeah. yeah. Or something that'd be great. I mean, right. you're awesome. I love chatting with you. I really can't stress enough. This book is Again, especially for anyone who's been working with crystals or interested in them, it, it's beautiful, it's easy, and it covers, like I said, it covers everything. You, you learn, you have your reference, and then the rituals I find are so special in it. Yeah. That to me is just really, really, oof, what was that? Yeah, I had fun with those. That was, that was, 
that was fun writing the rituals. Your new moon ritual is that a rutilated quartz? Is that the picture I'm looking at? Is that hold on? Let's see. I just that's a citrine. That's a citrine. Yeah, pretty. Citrine, just also for everyone, FYI, most citrines on the market are heated amethyst. Well, so yeah. if you see citrines that are like bright yellow, it's working with the vibration of, of the color yellow, but it is a heated amethyst. So, so I, let's talk about that for a second, because I do find citrines are scary to buy. Like I, I went and tried to get a citrine once and I think I ended up with a smoky quartz. And by the way, I ended up loving the crystal and it was beautiful, but I don't think it was a citrine. Natural citrine can be quite brown. Like, um, it does, it does vary from, you know, that golden yellow to brown or to like a, yeah, like a, like a muted brown, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to be pretty, you have to know, I think with citrines where you're getting them from and, and know that they know and that they're being, well, you know, truthful with you. So crazy. That's a hard one. But also, you know, again, it's like, um, this is where to me, it's like your intention and how it's, how it's interacting with your own energy and how it makes you feel is more important than anything. Right. So it's like, if a specific stone awakens something within you, wonderful. Like it doesn't really matter to me how it's classified or written or what it actually is, that it, it, it's awakening something within you that then you can create with. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to, like, I think that's sometimes where our brain gets in and it's like, we want to do it right or we want to know exactly, but it really, that to me is like where it's just trusting for what, like, like you said, you love that stone and like, maybe it is a smoky quartz. I don't know, you know, but, but for whatever reason you were drawn to it. And so you're bringing it into your life and then you can intuitively work with it as you want. I, I love these conversations. I, I love that we got woo woo. That makes me very happy, actually. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm so proud of you. you. This book, it's amazing. Thank you. So proud of you. I was like, yes. Well, it means the world. It's like, ugh, you're just, you're the best. I, for those who don't know, I mean, I, you know, started teaching at the den when we first opened. And it's like so wild to me that it's just, it's just been so fun to just see the past five years, how they've transformed. And I just, yeah, I'm so appreciative and grateful for you. So thank you. Formed and I mean, a lot has happened. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Five years is a long time. People don't realize it. It's, I find the five-year increments are always fascinating because there's always so much, change. at least for me, yeah. I look at my five-year increments. There's always so much change. Yeah. Five years is a long time. Yeah. Well, Thank you. And thank you for, you know, reminding us we have these little friends to help us get through all of those changes, um, the good and the bad, and that they're here with information and love and support. I mean, there's so much information in these, in these beautiful crystals. Which is so fun. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, even more so, or it's because continuing, but I get so excited about was going to the shows and I don't think they're going to happen this year, but you know, what stones are being discovered now. And it's like, what new stones are being discovered that have, 
you know, whatever information that we're ready to receive now, like that to me is so exciting. So it's so fascinating, actually. It's like the new, cause it's like, wasn't black tourmaline really only started kind of in the like nine, whenever like really technology started having a boost. Right. And it's like, it totally soaks up the EMFs. It's like they're yep. when they're needed. Yep. yep. And even like Herkimer has kind of only recently become. Yep. And it's pretty, I mean, it's in Herkimer, you know, it's in New York. So it's like, um, that specific stone comes from a very specific space and, yeah, it's fascinating. And even writing the book, like what some of the stones wanted to be interpreted in a in a modern way, in a different way. And that was very interesting to me. And also, um, yeah, I, I had to step aside to be like, okay, well, how how are these stones now wanting to work with us now? Because the interpretations or the experience might have been different 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 20 years ago. Like, give me an example of one that was speaking to you that was like, come on, you got to like, describe me a little more like today. Um, Kunzite's coming in right now. And as well as um, Azurite, which is so funny because those specific stones are actually on the spine of the book and the back of the book. And I think what really wanted to, you know, Kunzite specifically is feels really important for this feminine integration and for that rising of the divine feminine, but from a from a a different space. Like it, it it it's coming from a very specific vibratory field. And then with azurite, like azurite to me is again like now really integrating that technology with where we've been. So it's like, really, how are we, how are we um, moving forward from this space, from a space of higher knowledge and insight and, and truth and, and integrity um, versus just remembering the past. Like Azure, really helps awaken the third eye and it really has very deep, deep wisdom and, um, and information within it. it, it, it can be connected with the Akashic records. And it is a very, like, it's an incredible stone right now. It really wants to be interpreted of how are we taking the past, present, future and, and really integrating it all. Wow. Yeah. You recommend with Azurite placing it on your third eye while you meditate? I love it on the third eye. Yeah. It's a good one or holding it, but it's really nice. It really is beautiful to have in, in the higher three chakras, if you can have it on that space. It's so funny. Cause when you were asking me about like the Herkimer and working with it and like sleeping and I was telling you, I was sleeping with it, which is again, not one we would recommend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there were, it was interesting. There were a couple of times I remember I woke up and I was on my back and I was, and I sleep with it on my pillow. So it's not like, and I was completely holding it and it was on my heart and it was literally wow. hard. Wow. Not interesting. And then there was a separate time, like months later that I woke up and I was holding it literally like on my, wow. oh my God, you're doing self healing in your sleep. And it was like, and the Herkimer is correct me if I'm right. It's also, or wrong. It, it's um, also known for really aligning like the chakras. Right. Yeah. So I found that fascinating. Cause I was like, wow. So somewhere in my sleep, I pulled it from under my pillow, took, and then again, mine is, it's a pretty interesting shape. It's not like no, it's weird that I don't oh, wake double terminated. Yeah. 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 That's gorgeous. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's not like something you wouldn't wake up. I mean, it's a kind of bizarre actually, but I remember once I was like totally clenching it on my, and I remember waking up going, 
whoa like it was really specific i was like wow but how were you feeling like were you waking up feeling refreshed like were you waking up feeling when i was sleeping with it yeah. It was a mixture. It was a lot of it was also right when, you know, everything started and we were kind of recreating the den and getting den anywhere up. So as I describe it, it was like a startup. So my energy was insane. Um, so I'm sure this was replenishing me in some ways. Yeah. And I wasn't sleeping as well because I just, it, it was like, I was in that phase. Um, so I can't say I was like, but I don't, I don't blame the crystal for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like replenishing. It was keeping you, it was, it was keeping you functioning. Yeah. In a probably very depleted state. Like I think I was putting myself in a depleted state and this was allowing me to like be as clean within it as possible. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. And I'm like channel this thing. Like I would just go to sleep and the things that would come in were insane, like insane. So I know I love it. I love you. This is amazing. <laughs> for your personal practice. Um, thank you. I'm so excited for November 21st. You guys go to denanywhere.com. Let's all take it together. I'm going to be taking it. I can't wait. I want to gr grit up. I'm ready to. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be really fun. My body too. Like I love it. And from you to learn is always a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was the best. You're like, welcome. Forever. Okay, so now Mariah is going to lead us in her personal practice. Gently close your eyes and allow your breath to deepen. Bring your awareness to your feet. Bring your awareness to your hips. Bring your awareness to your abdomen, your chest, your shoulders, your jaw, your nose, your teeth, the crown of your head. Allow your body to relax. Letting each breath deepen and expand. Allowing your abdomen to soften. And feeling your breath move throughout your body. Visualize the base of your spine, a strong grounding cord, like the roots that grow from a base of a tree. And allow this grounding cord, this energetic cord, to move down through your body, down through the different layers of the earth, down into the soil, to the watershed the different minerals going down, down, down until your grounding cord 
this energetic root wraps around the center of the earth, however that looks for you. Feeling yourself in this moment fully anchored into the earth, onto this plane, in your body. Feeling yourself supported, rooted, grounded, anchored. And from this space, taking a deep breath, and visualizing now a beautiful sea of light above your head. Beautiful golden healing light. And this light, this healing golden energy gently flows down and enters into the crown of your head and moves into your face, your skull, your brain your throat, your teeth, this golden healing light moving down into your shoulders, your chest, your abdomen, your belly, your hips, your pelvis, down your legs, your knees, shins, ankles, soles of your feet, all the way down to your toes. Feeling every single cell within your body now filled with this beautiful golden healing energy. Revitalizing each cell. Your body becomes so filled with this beautiful golden healing light that it begins to radiate and emanate this light from every pore. And this golden healing light begins to radiate and emanate three inches from your body, six inches from your body, 12 inches from your body, 3 feet from your body, and perhaps 6 or 8 feet from your body. Feeling yourself fully bathed and cocooned in this golden healing light as you stay firmly anchored and grounded into the earth.
bringing your body, bringing your cells, bringing your energetic centers back into full restoration and alignment. And from this space, taking a deep breath in, opening your mouth and exhaling out, and another deep breath in, this time exhaling with a sigh, (sighs) last deep breath in. And exhaling out. Allowing this rich and nourishing grounding cord to stay anchored into the earth throughout your day. And feeling this beautiful golden healing energy continuing to flow in as it continues to radiate out wherever your day takes you. And when you're ready, gently opening up your eyes and bringing yourself back. Dead Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.